page 985, uh, Matthew chapter 18, beginning at the first verse. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them, and he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung round their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Thank you, Chris, very much. Let's pray and ask God to help us to understand the Bible. Father, we pray that by your Spirit, you would help us to understand your word as we look at this passage together this morning. And as you speak to us, and we pray that we may be good listeners and do what you want us to do for Jesus' sake. Amen. So it's Matthew chapter 18, page 985 of our church Bibles. So there's the passage, page 985. And the question is this, uh, where do you want to be for eternity? Where do you want to be for eternity? Well, I can only think of three possibilities. The first is that you don't believe in eternity. You don't believe in God. You don't believe there's anything beyond death. And uh, so this question, where do you want to be for eternity, is therefore a bit of a non-question. Personally, I, I think you need to have a, few, uh, a huge amount of faith and a huge amount of self-belief, to, uh, which I think really amounts to a, a misguided self-confidence to believe that when you die, you just end. I mean, if Jesus walked this earth... And if he spoke the truth, and if he came back from the dead, then to believe that when you die it's just oblivion is a huge and a tragic mistake. Option number two in answer to that question, where, you, where do you want to be for eternity? Well, uh, would be that I want to go and be with God for all eternity in heaven. And option number three could be that I would go to be without God for all eternity in hell. Now, I haven't met many people 
who look forward to going to hell. A few Satanists I've met over the years, but that's it. But a vast majority of people, uh, if you believe that there is life after death, want to go and they hope to go to heaven, or they assume they're going to go to heaven. But to be honest, if you're just assuming you haven't, you're going to go to heaven, but you haven't really thought about it, that's a slightly dangerous place to be, isn't it? It's like assuming the taxi is going to turn up at half past four to take you to Gatwick, but actually it never turns up. Um, but it said it's a whole lot more serious than missing your flight. Well, chapter 18 and verse 1, there are more assumptions there. Look at, uh, look at that verse, would you? At the time, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, the disciples there are coming to Jesus and they're assuming that there are places at the top table, if you like, in the kingdom of heaven for the special ones and uh, assuming those places are up for grabs. In fact, they may well have said, or they could have been thinking, uh, which of us is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Is it John or is it Peter or perhaps it's Andrew or Philip or whoever? And Jesus says to them, guys, you haven't even begun to understand about heaven, about the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, you have very little idea. You haven't even haven't begun to get there uh, about the place where the king rules, about the kingdom of heaven and what you need to be a part of it and how to go to heaven when you die. And so there are four questions for us this morning. All about heaven, all about being part of the kingdom of heaven now and looking forward to heaven in eternity when we die. And uh, here are the four questions, and I hope you will answer each one of these for yourself this morning. They're these. Are you like a small child? Second, do you welcome the weak? Third, Are you a problem to others? Fourth, are you ruthless with sin? Now, these are really challenging questions, and they're for all of us this morning. So here's the first one. Are you like a small child? Lovely to see some of our children up here in the front this morning. Are you like that when it comes to Christian things? Now, look at verses 2 to 4. Jesus called a little child in. This is his answer to that question about, then who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who's going to be on the top table, Jesus? And he says, uh, he called this little child, and he said, truly, I tell you, that means there's something big coming up. Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like these little ones, like these ones who were down here at the front just earlier on, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, in Jesus' day, they were really conscious about uh, their status. And in Jesus' day, children were nothing, just nothing. They were, or virtually, you'd say they were an irrelevance. But today, we're conscious status as well, aren't we? And we're very attracted to, uh, to great people. So just this week, for instance, many people would say Emmanuel Macron, the uh, The French president is a remarkable man. He's 40 and president of France. And he visited the U.S. and uh, here he is at the end of his address to the U.S. Congress. Um, And he systematically and with great charm 
speaking in English, but with a nice French accent, uh, and he systematically attacked almost all of the Donald's policies as he addressed the Congress. And then at the end, he got a standing ovation. Now, the, the, uh, many would say, not just the French, but many would say that Emmanuel Macron uh, is, or at least is becoming, a great man. And Jesus said, greatness in this world is childlike. That's the complete opposite, isn't it, of what we see and what we experience. Um, I love this little thing. A three-year-old boy went to, with his dad to see a litter of puppies. And when he got home, he told his mum that there were two boy puppies and there were three girl puppies. And how do you know that, his mother asked. And, uh, and he said, uh, well, daddy picked them up and looked underneath. I think it was printed on the bottom. Well, Jesus said in verse 3 here, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven, let alone be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, being childlike is is not saying, you know, we need to be naive and uh, lack knowledge and so on, but he's saying we need to be childlike in our dependence, childlike in our statuslessness. Childlike in our humility, childlike in our insignificance, childlike in our unimportance, childlike in our trustfulness, childlike in our smallness. For a child, it's natural to depend on others. And this is the first principle of being part of the kingdom of heaven, to depend on others and specifically Depend on Jesus. Depend on Jesus to get you there. Depend on Jesus' death and resurrection to get you there. To pay the price for your sin so that you can enter glory when you die. Someone once said, the way up is down. And the way down is up. That's the way it is in the Christian life. The way up is down, and the way down is up. And it's so different, isn't it, from the way that we adults work. We like to assert ourselves, depend on our own strength, rely on our own abilities. And Jesus says, that's got to change. If you're going to become part of the kingdom of heaven, that's got to change. So he says in verse 3, I tell you, children, and I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, in the old authorized version of the Bible, it says, unless you're converted, or you could easily, you could easily well say, uh, uh, unless you turn, or unless you repent, because that's what it literally means, change your mind. A guy called Jim Packer once wrote this. This is quite heavy, but it's great, good stuff. He said this, the New Testament word for repentance means changing one's mind, so that one's views, values, goals, and ways are changed. And one's whole life is lived differently. The change is radical, both inwardly and outwardly. Mind and judgment, will and affections, behavior and lifestyle, motives and purposes are all involved. Repentance means 
starting a new life. So unless we change, as Jesus says, unless we repent, unless we're converted, we stand no chance. Jesus says you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So please don't just assume that you're going to go to heaven when you die. Have you changed? Have you been converted? Are you clear in your mind you're now following Jesus? Have you become like a small child? Have you changed? Have you changed your attitudes? Have you changed your view of your own abilities? Have you changed your view of your ability to get yourself to heaven and realized that it's a complete non-starter? We cannot do it. Have you changed and become dependent on Jesus and his death for you? Have you changed? Have you changed your minds? Have you repented? Jesus says, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And there is no time like the present. So this morning and in this service, if you feel that you're hearing God speaking to you, and you're thinking, actually, I do need to change, and I want to enter the kingdom of heaven, then see me or see our Tim afterwards or we have a prayer ministry team at the front. I'd love to pray with you to help you to accept Jesus for yourself. Humility is the issue. Some people are just too proud to enter the kingdom of heaven. For some, their pride keeps them from heaven and sends them to hell. Someone talking about heaven said this, without genuine humility... It is impossible even to get into it. So would you change and ask God to grant you humility? Some of it is this. Be completely disinterested in greatness of any sort. Humbly live in dependence on God and the service of others. So where do you want to be for eternity? Are you like a small child? Living your life in dependent humility on your Lord Jesus. It is simply essential. That's the first question. The others are slightly shorter. So the second one. Do you welcome the weak? Look at verse 5. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Do you notice the nobodies? Do you welcome the nobodies? Who is the one such child anyway in verse 5? Well, in verse uh, 6, it explains, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, those who believe in Jesus, Christian people, any Christian people, all Christian people, All those people who put their faith in Jesus, knowing we have no hope but in him, knowing our weaknesses. And you're probably all thinking to me, well, it's of course I love Christian people. I love to welcome Christian people. All of them? 
How about the socially um, awkward individual with bad breath who can't sing a note, who latched onto you last week and you avoided when you turned up to church this morning? All Christian people? Do we welcome the weak? Do we welcome the nobodies? Actually, I think this applies to our welcome to everyone who walks in through the doors here into the building, doesn't it? Because we do make a judgment call, don't we? When we see people, first couple of seconds, we make a judgment call on what they look like and so on. Talk or avoid? Embrace? Walk away. Which is it going to be? Smile or ignore? Talk to my mates. Jesus, one of the things he's saying here is the measure of our greatness in the kingdom is seen in how we welcome, love and include people who in other places wouldn't be loved, welcomed and included. And if you're new to BH this morning and and you leave later on feeling ignored, then shame on us who are followers of Jesus. I love the extraordinary story of this guy, Henri Nouan, uh, a Dutchman, uh, a Roman Catholic theologian and priest. He died in 1996. He was an academic and he was brilliant. He taught at Notre Dame in Paris. He taught at Yale and Harvard. And then in his 50s, He moved to the L'Arche community in Toronto to work with the mentally handicapped. And one guy in particular, he went there to work full-time with one guy called Bill Van Buren. And Henri writes this. I moved from Harvard to L'Arche, from the best and the brightest, wanting to rule the world, to men and women who had few or no words and were considered at best marginal to the needs of our society. I think Henri Nouan is great in the kingdom of heaven. So let's welcome the weak. Are you like a small child? Henri Nouan was in his life on earth. Do you welcome the weak? Henri Nouan gave the last number of years of his life to welcoming the weak. And third, are you a problem to others? Verses 6 and 7. The issue here is causing Christians to stumble. Actually, Matthew has got quite a lot of references to people stumbling. It seems it's one of those things that was on his mind as he wrote his gospel. But how could we do that? Well, there are lots of ways, aren't there? We can do it directly, maybe in opposing teaching from the Bible. Not to the person, of course, like, you know, someone like me standing up in front, but just amongst one another, perhaps. Uh, suggesting to other Christians, maybe it's okay to live life how everyone else lives life. Christians should be different though, shouldn't we? Our morals are different. We're not the same as everyone else. Or we can do it indirectly through our hypocrisy or our inconsistency 
saying one thing, doing another, saying one thing this week, saying something different next week. So, for instance, if you were, say, talking about the importance of Christian giving in your small group, but then in your heart, you know, actually, I'm not going to do what I just said tonight. It's hypocrisy. Or maybe you'd be saying that, yeah, I know gambling is godless, but it's so easy to do it online, isn't it? Just on your phone and all the adverts all the time. And so you're just doing it on the way home. Hypocrites. The bottom line is this, within the church, not quite sure, we need to ask ourselves the question, are you quite sure you're not doing anyone here any harm? I think it's a good question to ask ourselves. Am I quite sure I'm not doing anyone here any harm? The Victorian bishop, J.C. Ryle, talked of this passage about the wholesale ruin of souls. It's a wholesale ruin of souls that could just come about by our own hypocrisy and inconsistency. And the result? Well, do you know who this is? That's John Fisher. You can see on his shoulder there, Volvo Ocean Race. He was taking part, he's 47, taking part in the Volvo Ocean Race. He was on a leg from Auckland to Brazil. <clears throat> and about 1,400 miles west of Cape Horn, just a little while before sunrise, he was on watch and had to go. There was a bit of a problem with the boat. The wind was going 35 to 45 knots. So it's pretty windy, over severe gale. And, uh, and as he went up, a big wave hit the boat and some of the, he'd, he was untethered. And uh, he was wearing his survival kit and uh, um, neoprene balaclava and so on. But he got washed overboard. And they saw him go. And they, throw, they threw off a marker to, to show where he was. And then they, they turned the boat round and uh, immediately, uh, and uh, sorting the boat out and wanted to go back and find him. They couldn't find him. And John was lost at sea. What an awful way to go. It's rather like verse 6 here. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it will be better for them to have a large millstone hung round their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Jesus says, woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble, because of the things in life and so on. Woe to the world, because these things happen. There are things that happen which cause Christian people to stumble and so on. It's the way the world is as we rebel against God. But he says at the end of verse 7, but woe to the person through whom they come. So are you a problem to others? Are you a person through whom they come? And let's pray to Jesus that we would never be a problem to others. Never, ever. Where do you want to be for eternity? Are you like a small child? Do you welcome the weak? Are you a problem to others? 
And the fourth question, are you ruthless with sin? And that's verses 8 and 9. This isn't meant to be literal. I mean, we're not talking here about chopping your hand or your foot off, and we're not talking about uh, gouging out your eye, although people in history have done it. It's meant to be a principle. Jesus is talking here about being absolutely ruthless with sin. How many of us, though, are actually ruthless with sin? I mean, I guess, you know, we're much more like this, much more the way that I operate, you know. Well, I was ruthless on Tuesday afternoon, but I cuddled up to sin on Wednesday and actually planned my sin for Thursday, that kind of thing. That's the kind of thing we're normally like, isn't it? And Jesus says, no, we've got to be ruthless. He talks here, look in, in verse 8, he talks here about entering life. That means going to heaven. Yeah, Better for you to enter life maimed and crippled. In verse 8. In the middle of verse 9. Better for you to enter life with one eye. He's talking about heaven. He's not talking about being worthy of heaven by our mutilating ourselves. As many have done in Christian history. Nor is he talking about being worthy of heaven by other ways of showing our commitment. The whole idea of just being like a little child. Because we're not, and we never have been, and we never will be worthy of heaven. We are dependent on Jesus' love and grace totally. And because we love Jesus, and Jesus hates sin, and surely we don't want to have anything to do with it in our lives. I mean, if you love someone... Why would you deliberately do something which you know will hurt them? I mean, why would I take up with another woman knowing that would hurt Anna desperately if I did that? By the grace of God, I haven't. And by the grace of God, I never will. But then look at the end of verse 8 and the end of verse 9. Because Jesus says here, it's better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and to be thrown into the eternal fire. And the end of verse 9, and to be thrown into the fire of hell. Thrown, the word that's used there both in terms of getting rid of sin and being thrown into hell, is uh, uh, in, in verses 8 and 9 there, means with some force. It means getting rid of sin forcefully, deliberately, putting yourself into it and so on. But equally, that force is used decisively, as Jesus warns us here, about an eternity without him in hell. John Donne was a poet and a preacher. And he wrote this once. When all is done... The hell of hells, the torment of torments, is the everlasting absence of God and the everlasting impossibility of returning to his presence. To fall out of the hands of the living God is a horror beyond our expression. 
beyond our imagination. And so let's pray that we would be ruthless with sin. Absolutely ruthless with sin. I'm going to finish now by asking again these questions. Then I'm going to suggest we're quiet, perhaps for a couple of minutes, which always seems like a long time, doesn't it? Um, As we consider these and our response to them. So here are those questions. This is the slide that we had at the beginning. Where do you want to be for eternity? So here are the four questions. Are you like a small child? Do you welcome the weak? Are you a problem to others? Are you ruthless with sin?